I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Greetings, adventurers. Today, we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Kat and JJ are not here on this episode. They are a little busy, and they've got some friends in town this weekend. However, we do have a great guest host for you. Catherine is back. You know her from the Murder and Mediumship podcast. She is a self-worth and empowerment coach as well, and just an all-around cool psychic medium that helps us out on the podcast. Catherine, thank you so much for coming back and co-hosting. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, stoked that you were free this weekend. We're actually uh, recording Sunday night and it was kind of a crazy week because we had guests falling out and we were able to get a great guest for everyone tonight who had messaged us a while back. And I hate to admit this, but sometimes emails do fall through the cracks, but I will eventually get you on the podcast. I promise. It just takes me a little time. And tonight we have Liv on the podcast. She has some really personal hauntings that she's going to share with us and also to some spooky stuff as well. Liv, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Catherine, you had a friend in town this weekend. I believe you said you guys had some haunting stuff take place. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely did. The thing about my friends is most of them don't realize how intuitive they are. So when they come sleep over at their psychic medium friend's house, they tap in real fast, weird stuff starts happening. So that's basically it. She had a, this house has had a little bit of, um, just once in a while, we'll get this. I it, it make it sound like something that's not a big deal, but I feel like it kind of is. We've had this man who I've connected with at the same time that two or three other of my friends have had the same dream I say in air quotes because it's more like a visitation where he's pacing we have a very short hallway in our upstairs of our house and he's pacing between our bedroom and the room across the hall back and forth and back and forth and every time we have this dream we wake up in a cold sweat and it never fails that the person who's staying at my place also had the dream at the same time and mm -hmm. is always really freaked out but my girlfriend came downstairs and she's like I hate you every time I stay here <laughs> She visits a lot though. She's like, every time I stay here, something weird happens. She's like, I am so freaking cold right now. She was freezing, freezing. 
I mean, I was toasty. It was just her. It was her being haunted because she was wide open to it and didn't realize it. And and that being said, that's another reason. It's just important to protect yourself if you are opening to energy. But I mean, or if, if you're staying at a day. medium's house, make sure to protect <laughs> yeah, yourself. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you said that about a dream. My family was in town. Uh, we were celebrating my kid's birthday. And they told me a story that someone had shared with them that I grew up with, who's not like in the haunting world or anything like that. But recently, a friend of ours brother had passed away. He is special needs. Uh, he was like, I think close to 50. I believe he had uh, Down syndrome, I believe lived a, you know, high quality life. And they, you know, when he passed away, they posted on Facebook and whatnot. Anyway, so she had not seen anything on Facebook. This was before he had actually passed. She had a dream where she saw him and his father waiting in line to eat at a restaurant in our hometown. And in the dream, she got out of line, went back to talk to them. And when she went and talked to them, he was fully able, like he was standing up straight. He didn't have any of the features that he kind of carried with him because of his disability. And he was, and he told her, he was just like, yeah, everything's going to be okay. I'm okay. Everything's going to be okay. And she, she said it was so real that she popped out of sleep and immediately told her husband about the dream that she had. And she couldn't sleep. Um, she was so stirred by the dream. She went on Facebook and saw the announcement that he had passed away. And she hadn't seen them recently. She hadn't talked to them. She certainly hadn't seen the gentleman that passed away in, in many, many years. So, you know, is it a coincidence? I don't know. But it's um, certainly one of those events that I think even people who aren't practitioners in the paranormal, that's one of those things that all of us can have happen. It's almost like deja vu where you're like, I don't have any explanation for that, but here are the factors that line up. And of course, Liv, we're going to jump right into your stories. But Catherine, I did want to ask you, like, what do you think about that story? Um, I, I can't say that I dreamt about anybody without my family checking a freaking obituary. So I feel like it's pretty, um, I think the fact that you said that it can happen to just about everyone, I fully believe that we all have a connection to the other side. It's just a matter of how much you nurture it and grow it and how much you allow other people to convince you that it's, um, not legitimate or it's, um, taboo or just plain like silliness for lack of a better word um but the more that you explore it it's just like a muscle and working it out you can fine-tune it and get it to work better for you uh really I think just about anybody can do it for sure yeah. well let's fine-tune this interview and Liv you know the first question we have for you if we want to talk about the believometer and find out where you are and how much you believe in ghosts zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 you absolutely do where do you kind of fall on that scale I would say I would probably be like a seven or an eight okay that's fair I think we've gotten a couple seven and eights recently is it because you want to not fully admit that everything that's happened to you is real and hold on to a little bit of that reality or why do you stay a seven or eight because I've read your story so I know where we're headed <laughs> It's like a lot of people that like a lot of my friends are skeptics. Like I only have two people that actually believe what I'm saying. So, and then my boyfriend is very scientific. So he's like, there's no way, blah, 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 you know. And it all happened really when I was younger, except for some things happened when I was like, you know, around my age now. But I have to believe because I'm terrified of death, just as you are. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Tendered spirits. Yes. <laughs> What's with all these scientific boyfriends? Come on. I feel like that's such a, a theme on our podcast. I mean, especially with JJ, but no, of course we welcome that. Well, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably where I fall to that seven or eight at this point. I mean, I would say I'm basically a believer, but I still, it's hard for me to say with a hundred percent certainty that I believe everything I believe, which itself uh, is a bit of a conundrum to put a statement like that. So Liv, how old were you when you had your first haunting? Personal one, I was probably around like five or six. My mom told me like about a certain story when I was younger, but what I actually experienced was when I was like six. Of course, we'll jump into that story, but are you the only person in your family that experiences these hauntings or does your mom experience them as well? Um, my mom actually had an experience with one of my stories, but she's had a couple things and my dad definitely had a couple things happen to him as well. 
Okay. That and he would, used to tell me about. And would you say they're probably seven or eights too? Or are they full believers? Do you know? I mean, my dad was like, he was a pretty like big believer. And my mom, it's hard with her because she's very like, you know, this and that. So I would say she's, she's like a six maybe. All right. Well, yeah, let's jump right into that first haunting that you had. All right. So um, this one was... <laughs> This one like sticks with me because I like I don't remember a lot of things from my childhood, but this was one of them. I was at my friend's house and she lived like on this river and I hated her house. But like, you know, I went there because you can't just keep going to my house all the time. You know what I'm saying? And I went to her house and I spent the night there and I was with her like her and her little sister used to share a bedroom and we like both just me and her little sister both woke up in the middle of the night probably like two or three in the morning and I was like I have to go to the bathroom and she was like I also have to go to the bathroom and I was like okay let's band together and we can go to the through the darkness together you know and I opened the door and like standing directly in front of me is this like small white faced child and it had like black eyes no other features and what I can remember is it had like almost like charcoaly lines around its face. Like it's, that's like a very specific detail, you know? And I told my like dad about it and he was like, that's like really wild. And I tried to tell my mom about it and she was on the phone and she was like, uh, you know, like go away type thing. And she, she all of a sudden like was like, oh my God. And the phone went dead it just stopped working right on her and my dad started laughing he was like that's what you get you know (laughs) I mean okay so Catherine I saw your shoulders kind of shudder there so I'd love to jump in and get your take on that story okay did you say that the sister saw it too yeah yeah because we both like got like so freaked out and she like we she was younger like way younger and she started crying and I was like oh my god like I didn't really cry but I was definitely like shook you know Okay. shook to the core so the the shoulders shaking those full body chills like that that's 100 confirmation for me that's typically saying like spirit is with you um or that you're like i'm like feeling what's going on i typically don't tap in for interviews or anything like that but i felt like i kind of felt like it for tonight so <laughs> a little more turned on than i normally would be um i always want to say that's what she said so anyway i um, was <laughs> thinking it but wasn't gonna say it i was like, it's too inappropriate <laughs> God, it's literally my husband's always like, oh, here she goes again. So, okay. Um, I don't often like to use words like evil and that sort of thing, because I think that what I do as a medium in connecting people with their loved ones and with psychic work, it is to guide people to help them make more informed choices rather than telling them like some taboo shit about their love life. Like that's just not my style, but yeah saying evil automatically kind of gives a negative connotation to the field. And it kind of, it it creates even more of like a taboo idea around what it is that we're doing, right? It's a little too Miss Cleo to me, right? So if you remember Miss Cleo, I don't know, I don't probably dating myself in my age now, but when you um, were talking about what you saw, I'm goosebumps again at what you saw. Like I will more than likely be cleansing the space after this interview because it just feels to me no don't apologize (laughs) this is what I do for shits and giggles my podcast is about like murder and mediumship so you're totally fine (laughs) this is right up my alley (laughs) what I feel though is that this was I won't say evil but like a very negative energy um and it feels to me was this what state did you grow up in um upstate New York Oh, okay. I'm from upstate New York. So was this in like, uh, like a podunk nowheresville kind of area? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Was there, um, water nearby, like a a small stream or like a river or like some sort of body of water within like a few miles of the property? Literally right behind their house. Like you walk out, there's a yard and then the river. Yeah. Okay. So rivers carry, I can, and it was kind of wooded, right? Like thicker. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So like thicker grass down by the water too? Like not grass, but like weeds? Um, I didn't, we weren't allowed to go down there, but probably. Of course you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> all right. So what I'm seeing 
and, and like seeing this, this imagery around it, what it feels like to me, it's more like transient energy. It wouldn't have been something that would have been seen like over and over and over again. And I'm not going to lie. I skimmed what, what you had sent in because I don't like to have too much going into stuff, but, um, this feels like something you would have, you would have caught because that water, like a water, a railway, like anything like that, you're going to have that movement and it carries that energy through. So what you saw wasn't necessarily tied to the property. I seriously chills right now. Um, but it, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. And that's the kind of energy that can like come back up for you. So it's definitely the kind of thing to like, kind of bless and release if you, and I, I can talk to you about that after the show too, but it, it's very important when you're exposed to that kind of energy to kind of cut that energetic cord. Even it's just like visually imagining a rope between the two of you and cutting that cord in half. I like to burn the rope and then cut it. And then I'll snap my fingers to really get the um, audible sensation with it as the auditory sensation as well. But that's interesting because I, I don't doubt for a second what you saw. And it's funny that you say your dad was only like, probably around a seven as well. I think he was a full on believer in this stuff too. He just didn't want to be made fun of over it. So yeah. I, I would definitely say that. Um, people don't want to say a higher number because they're afraid to too, <laughs> but what? it's okay. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Fine. Um, I'm so sorry to interrupt that, that you were, you're well, on a roll there, fantastic. but 100%. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, that energy was with the water moving through. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. But when you have those, even if you feel something oppressive like that, because it felt oppressive, right? Like a wall of energy, like hitting you. Yeah. Like it literally, like, it was like, I couldn't breathe for like mm -hmm. a solid 10 seconds. And I was like, like taken back. And like, from what I remember, I was really young, but like, it was a lot like I, for me to remember it now, it, that's how much like it really affected me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I know exactly what you mean by saying you don't ever want to go to that house. I totally understand that. Um, that's my mom's house still. <laughs> so I think 100% though, if that thought even comes up into your mind, like slice the memory as well. Okay. Catherine, is that why there's so much in ghost lore about train tracks? And so many people say they get those negative feelings around train tracks, or is that just oh people being God. afraid of the dark? I would imagine maybe a little bit of both. However, I'm 32 and I'm still kind of scared of the dark. So I don't know if that's um, 100% probably the best. I'm a total baby considering what I do, but a lot of train tracks are made with copper, right? Oh, I don't know. I was just going to say yes, because you seem smarter than me. To... So I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, obviously <laughs> copper. My husband in here to just BS me through this. Um, I, I feel like it's some of the materials as well can be a, like a conduit for the energy. Hmm. Okay. Um, but I think absolutely. There's a lot of energy passing through there for sure. Because I feel like every small town has that story of, and I know the small town I grew up in did where it's like, you put your car on the train tracks and turn it off and then something's supposed to happen. You know, that whole. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, uh, uh, don't even try it. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, yeah. That's don't, so stupid. Don't do that shit. It's the same with that Bloody Mary story. I've yeah. never done it and I'll never do it. I don't me want too. I would always I make it to once. two Bloody Marys and be like, nope, not no more. I couldn't even hear it in my head. I'm like, you, th you heard it once. And it's like OCD kicks in and it's like, say it again. Oh yeah. Well, I watched like times. the OG candy man as a kid way too young. No, so that that's like the same principle. I think it was say it three times and then you die. So no, thanks. No, nothing um, three times except for ice cream. I'm with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Liv, that wasn't the only haunting you had as a kid. You also had a visit from some type of uh, hat man, right? Um, I had uh, the hat man, but he started off differently for me. I, um, cause I always told my parents about this, like it was probably around the same age, six ish. And this man, like he was older, probably in his like 60s, 70s to me, you know, I'm not sure, but he would always have a different hat. Like a, it was the same type of hat, but it was like different colored. And like, obviously I could be just me being a child and like, you know hallucinating or whatever but he would like follow me and I would like be at school and like I would look out the window and he'd be out the window and he'd like smile and wave and like I would look out the bus and he would be outside of the bus and it like it was really weird because like that's all I can remember but I because he was around a lot and then I stopped seeing that guy like the older guy when I got a little bit older mm -hmm. and 
I personally believe that, like, because he turned into the hat man that, like, you know, everybody talks about, which I had no idea that so many people, like, saw that. I literally had no clue. And then I saw, like, a Shane Dawson video about it, and I was like, oh, my God, like, that's crazy. And I had to make my dad watch it with me because I couldn't, like, handle it. Mm -hmm. I really can't. And, um, but when I was, like, nine or ten, it was like because a lot of trauma started happening at that age and and I believe that the hat man is like a thing of trauma that you see Hmm. you know it happens when you're like having a hard time or like as in like Shane Dawson's video he said that he was um the angel of death Hmm. and I could believe that too because like right after I started seeing him my brother passed away so I was like, I kind of had to put two and two together, but he was like, I thought it like everyone would tell me that it's like sleep paralysis, but to me, I felt like I was awake. Like I could move my body, but I didn't want to because I was scared of it. Like, and it was never one of those where it hovered above me. It was always in like a corner and like looking at me, you know? And it was like, I can't, like, it. I saw a video one time on TikTok, like, really quick. I was scrolling through and they showed the, like, a picture and I had to stop and, like, close my eyes and scroll because I can't, like, handle it. Like, it's a lot for me to, like, look at because it was so traumatizing. I couldn't, like, sleep and, like, it was really bad, you know? So you have such a clear memory of this entity that seeing a depiction of it literally gives you, like, PTSD, it sounds like yeah wow and like people have seen like people have seen me like get triggered at seeing it like it's not like I'm doing it to like fake it like my my body gets cold and I like can't you know I I cannot do it well I saw Catherine doing the shimmy again so it looks like uh she may have have something to add to this as well First of all, the PTSD, we're going to backtrack through that 100%. You get up to like, I'm, I'm from Genesee County in upstate New York. So I'm from more like Western New York. If you're from New York and you actually dissect it the way you do when you're from New York, right? But like closer to like Buffalo Rochester. Um, but when we would hit like Genesee County and we've got another half an hour to go to get back to our house, I am instantly like, okay, you're okay. You can be calm. You're in power of this now no one can mess with you here. It's safe. And I walk upstairs into my mom's house and I feel my chest get tight again and the anxiety kicks in. And it's, it's 100%. You can have PTSD over that because I also know that I am cleansing the whole way up. I'm sending Reiki to the house and I'm clearing the space before I even get there. It's nothing in the space. It's remembering your body, remembering what happened. Right. So I fully believe you can have PTSD over that. It, It can be caused by anything that really induces trauma or or brought about with trauma in your life right so i i bet especially if it's correlating around the the death of a loved one too as far as the hat man you're not going to believe this but i've never heard him described by other people before and when you're talking about him like well i saw the fucking hat man what (laughs) so i didn't realize that and when you said different hats it was like a wide brim hat Mm-hmm. well at first that like yeah but then when it became the darker entity when I it was it was always like wide like this big and mm-hmm. he was always wearing a large like coat because you could see like the bottom but like that's it it was all just okay. like a big black shadow like a silhouette like that yeah okay mm-hmm. that's interesting um but always just one just one like I've never like oh my god I don't know if I could if I could handle that <laughs> but when I was younger it was the different hats because I think it was like you know as a child you turn things into more of like a glorify you know yeah it also makes it a lot more silly right and less scary yeah. because hats are changing so it's easier yeah. to identify with well I know sleep paralysis has a a medical explanation for it a scientific explanation but as someone who has experienced it, can we not kind of put the two of them together and say that very possibly it is scientifically explainable, but maybe it's also only something that it like shows up in people who are more like attuned to energy like that? I don't know, because my experiences with it have always 
freaked me the hell out for sure. And I've always been unable to speak and all of that. Yeah. I I don't believe that it's strictly scientific. I think it's spiritual as well. Um, However, the hat man, I, I associate with mischief and it's, I wouldn't call him the angel of death because I saw him a lot as a kid and I didn't lose my first family member or friend until God, I must've been 17 when we lost like six people in 13 months. But before that, like nothing. So I don't know about that, but I think it's mischief. And if you were experiencing more trauma within your home too, I would be willing to bet if I looked back at it, it was probably around the time that my parents were starting to fight more before they divorced that we would have seen him, my sister and I would have in our house. So especially during sleep and we always shared a room, we had our own room, but we always slept in my room um, because no one wanted to be alone in that house. It's fine. It wasn't haunted if you ask my mom either. So I feel you girl, but the hat man, I think it's more of a mischief thing. My opinion, I'll have to go like binge TikTok videos on this after for sure though. <laughs> okay. And Liv, the way you explained discovering the online presence of the hat man, that's how I felt when I searched sleep paralysis. Cause I honestly thought, I was like, am I schizophrenic? Like what is happening? Cause you know, it, ha- it, it was happening so much that I was like, okay, there is no giant spider dropping from the top of the ceiling. Because <laughs> for like a hot minute, you know, when it had happened like three times, I was like, wait, is there a big spider in this room that I'm seeing and then is disappearing? But then when it happened like 15 times, I would just be like, you're not real. And I would quote unquote, go back to sleep. I don't really know what that state of mind is because I feel like I can see things but also the room is pitch black dark so how could I see those things you know maybe it's just like a regenerated memory or whatever it is but that's how I felt when I discovered a thread on reddit about sleep paralysis I was like oh okay I'm not schizophrenic this isn't a mental disorder per se or anything this is something that a ton of people experience and as I've got older I talked to my friends about it and I would say like one out of three are like, oh yeah, I've had that, or I have that. Um, and for a lot of us, it comes from anxiety for whatever reason. But so yeah, the hat man is super spooky. I've haven't ever had an experience. I was trying to think if I, if I ever saw anything like that as a kid, but I don't believe I did. The only thing that came close to me was seeing this like big face appear during a thunderstorm when I was asleep as a kid um as a a woman's face like screaming at me like right into my face but that's that's the only thing I can compare to um this episode of the real hauntings real ghost stories podcast is brought to you by wild grain hey y'all it's Noah Daniels and oh boy I just got my box of wild grain bread and pasta my whole family has been so excited to dive in we started with a sourdough and it was amazing if you're looking to make Mother's Day brunch planning easier or just looking for a great gift for your mom you've got to check out wild grain order before May 6 to get your box in time for Mother's Day wild grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. The next thing up for us to try is the biscuits with our breakfast. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. 
With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. So you, you went through that experience and you mentioned you had some loss and we'll, we'll circle back around, um, to, I believe you'll circle back around to your brother passing and another story in that, right? Yeah. Okay. So we'll kind of continue through the thread of what you sent over. Um, we talked about your mom and kind of where she is on the scale. So you had a bit of a discovery at your home um, involving, I believe it was your sister who may have passed from an early age. Is that right? Yeah. Um, well, my mom had a stillborn, like mm. she, she like had the baby up until like, and she didn't know and it was born and she was, yeah, it was very traumatizing for mm. her. The event where you went to England with your mom, is that right? Yes. Can you tell us about that? We went there for a couple of weeks and she like one day she really wanted to go and visit the grave because she hasn't been there in, you know, 17 years at that point. And so we went there and if anybody knows England, it's very small. So they have like these extreme graveyards that have like millions of graves all like kind of packed together. So we had to find like they have like a bunch of different like areas like the old ones the younger ones the babies you know and it's a huge graveyard so we were like looking around and we found this man who was sitting on a bench like in front of a mausoleum type thing and we assumed that he worked there and was like on break or something and was like hey can you direct us to where blah 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 is and he was like yeah um it's over there and we, we were like, thank you. And we walked away and we turned around like to like wave off to him. And he was like, gone, <laughs> not there anymore. And my mom, like, cause I talked to my mom about this like a couple months ago. Cause I, I was like listening to your podcast and I was like, do you remember that time? She was like, oh yeah, that was like really weird. And we walked to go, we finally found the, the area and she like couldn't remember the number it was between like three numbers like in the 20s lower 20s and I walked right up to it and I touched it and I said this is the one and she like looked at me and she like started crying a little bit and was like how did you know that like how like what <laughs> that's crazy and like I was probably I think I was like 11 between 9 and 11 at that age so would you say that when you have seen apparitions, they are visually as like they're human? Like it looks like a um, real person? From the, like, I've only seen like two or three, like actual, like in my face. And like that guy, like we don't, like he looked like a guy, like we thought he worked there. So he was like fully formed. Like I can remember what he was wearing pretty much. He was wearing like really old tiny clothes. One of those like, taxi cap things and he was holding a newspaper and like he just disappeared we weren't we didn't even walk that far you know and like other the like with the hat man it was basically full form but like as a shadow gotcha Catherine why do you think it is that and, and we hear this from a lot of guests and I'm sure you hear it just in your work of being a medium why is it that some people see these fully formed apparitions and then other people maybe just hear voices or see grayed out or I mean it just seems like there's and I think this is also like where people can become skeptical a little easier because it you know if it was one note like I know what a bird looks like right a bird's a bird's a bird but a ghost seems to carry or an entity or a spirit seems to carry so many different possibilities of how it can communicate or visually look do you is there a reason for that or, or what are your thoughts on that? I think the best way that I could describe it is that we all um, learn and process information differently, right? So if you're more of like an auditory learner, you're going to hear what you need to hear in order to process the information. Whereas if you were taught the same lesson just through like reading a book or having a visual demonstration done, 
you may not learn it as well as if you heard it, whereas I myself have to physically be doing it in order to remember how to do it. So I think that we receive from spirit in a way that we will best receive, just the same as other people will learn things differently. Um, different spirits can show up different ways though. So if you're a practicing medium, I go through periods where I'll see more clearly or I'll hear more clearly, things like that. And quite honestly, I don't want to just be walking through the park and see someone's dead uncle. So the like clairvoyance, you're going to kind of ask to have stronger boundaries around that so that you're not seeing it as much. If I want to hear something cool, I would second guess myself a lot. So I'll just kind of blurt it out before my brain has time to process what I'm hearing. It just comes out of my mouth, um, which fits my personality because my foot's typically lodged there anyway. So it works out really well. Um, people receive information differently and different spirits show up in different ways. Like that energy she saw in her friend's house, that was a transient energy that just kind of poof popped right in front of you, right? Like probably almost just as confused as you were or maybe mischievous, the hat man, I believe shows up when there's a lot of um, confused energy, that sort of thing. Um, think like your parents going through a divorce, like difficult times with money, like that kind of thing. There's more of a tumultuous, anxious energy. So that kind of energy, like the hat man who's mischievous is going to gravitate to you. Um, I, I think I, I answered that kind of, right? Everyone receives information differently. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, we just ADHD <laughs> yeah, real no, no, hard. For sure. So <laughs> would you say that it is equal parts the host and the spirit, or is it more on the host and how they interpret information from the spiritual realm? I would say it's equal. Before, like Liv was saying, you've only seen like three apparitions, you said probably. I yeah. haven't really seen much more than that. And I'll catch it out of the corner of my eye before I'll see someone like dead on, no pun intended. It's it's definitely, um, okay, the pun was intended. Shut up. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> I'm going to let you have that one. Thank you. Um, I think it's it's definitely equal parts. I think it's equal parts. If you're not trained to see it and look for it, something more abrupt is going to be mm -hmm. more beneficial, right? Or like live is clearly more psychically capable and more aware as a medium than she's willing to admit or maybe has realized yet. But um, that's why she would just see someone kind of sitting out there chilling on a bench, reading a newspaper kind of thing versus I might get a sense of their energy there. Yeah. And it seems like it runs in her family as well with her mom and dad <laughs> having experiences too. I mean, that, of course, it's sad, the reason that you and your mom were there, but that is kind of a neat story about seeing a ghost where it seems like they were being helpful or maybe they were just there on their own reasoning, but it's almost like they were methodically put there to help you, you know, guide to where you needed to go, which is always more fun than, you know, a spirit popping up in your face with no eyes, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, that was terrifying. <laughs> you had to pick the two. So, uh, I know in your email, you said that, and you told us that it was 23 was the um, number of the tombstone. And then after that, you felt like that, that number 23 was kind of special to you because of some other things that took place. Oh, I feel like it's almost morbid when I like tell people this. But when my um, brother passed away, he was 22, but his birthday was literally like a week or two after that. So I give him the benefit of the doubt and, you know, he was 23, you know, he, you got to give him that. That's, you can't, like, that sucks, you know, that he passed away like literally two weeks before his 23rd birthday. So I gave it, you know, that's like my favorite number now, you know. And how old were you when he passed away? I was 10. Okay. And and the reason I ask is because of the story you're going to tell. It's kind of good to know it in this timeline. So after your brother passed away, you, you felt like he kind of continued to visit you. Is that right? Yeah. So um, it was like actually the night like we found out because we found out a day after he actually passed away. And um, we got the phone call and my my uh we were like out at the lake or whatever with the whole family so my sister came back to the house with us we got the call and my mom and my sister like packed up immediately and went down because they had to identify him and um my dad and I were at the house because we were because he had to watch me you know and we were in the living room 
And the way our house is set up is you have to go through the garage to get through to get to our living room because they had an additional add-on or whatever. And we heard like three knocks on the door. And my dad was like, that's kind of weird. And he walked out, like he walked behind the couch and opened the door and looked out to see if anybody was there and nobody was there. So he was like, okay. And then he sat back down. We continued watching our movie. And like a good 20 minutes later or so, we hear three more knocks like in the back of the house because in the back of the house where my parents' room is was supposed to be the dining room. And that's where the actual front door is. And we heard three more knocks. And my dad was like, that's really weird. Like, what the heck is going on? And, like, he came back and sat down. Because you can't open the other door because it's kind of sealed almost. And he came back and he sat down. And probably about an hour later, because we were getting, like, tired. And we were about, like, going to sleep in the living room together. Because, like, I didn't want to be alone upstairs, you know. And all of a sudden we hear, like, a crash outside. And he goes outside because it sounded like to us it sounded like someone knocked over a dumpster can or something along the lines like a plastic hitting something type thing and he goes out and like everything was fine and he was like what so we were like it's probably him you know coming and like say what's up Catherine have you found that spirits will communicate in that way through knocking and and not making necessarily like a direct like hey i'm here but kind of presenting themselves in that manner of like pushing energy i guess yeah absolutely and this was right after he passed you said right this was like literally the like hours after we found like he, they found out he was dead okay was he kind of a troublemaker <laughs> yeah, yeah so. okay <laughs> so like that mischief that mischievous kind of um, energy again, but not in like that negative way. So it feels to me like a lot of almost like a a bull in a China shop kind of like running through the property. Um, Like some people can't sneak up on anybody, right? Like you just can't. It doesn't matter how hard you try, you're gonna make noise kind of thing. That's what I kind of get, like accidentally knocking stuff over. And at that point, I feel like his energy hadn't really transitioned he hadn't gone to the other side so it was more of like a confused haphazard kind of energy but I because you don't always just poof you're over there it's not just like some little bibbity bobbity boo type thing right so it, it it can take a while and I think that that's essentially what happened is that he was confused for a little bit trying to like meander his way back to the house and a lot of confusion there and then as time goes on things connect and he gets to where he's going and the peace sets in and that sort of thing. But I would, I would imagine that that's more what that was with him. You're definitely right. (laughs) That sounds spot on. (laughs) And the next thing that happened is something that I can relate to. I had something similar to this happen, but he visited you in a dream as well. Is that true? Yeah. um, I'm like, I have the worst memory when it comes to dreams, but from what I can remember, is he came to me in a dream like it was a couple of years later because I had a really hard time with it because he was like my best friend even though he was a lot older than me he still took like care of me because we were the mischief kids you know and he came to me in a dream and because I was having a hard time and there was a lot of like questioning around his death and stuff and I like have like issues and I had to read certain things and that I shouldn't have read and I had like issues about it and he came to me in a dream and he said it's gonna be okay everything it was an accident nothing's wrong and I'm okay pretty much and like gave me a hug and like gate like like told me like I love you and like tell everyone that I'm okay you know and that was and that was it I haven't gotten really anything much from him after that yeah, I, I lost somebody when I was, I want to say maybe a junior in high school and they were like a mother to me and I had the same thing happen. They visited me in a dream. Uh, we met in a very familiar place. Um, it was actually uh, in my backyard, like uh, where like my swing was and that kind of stuff. And she told me, cause she had kidney failures, but it, she was on dialysis for like a long time. And the way I, the, the way I saw her at the end was like, 
I hate that that's kind of the lasting memory I have because it's a very unpleasant um, thing kidney failure does to you. But anyway, uh, she came to me and, and, you know, same thing said, Hey, I'm okay. I'm in a much better place now. You're going to be okay. I'm always here with you, that kind of stuff. So Catherine, I'm sure this is something you've heard before. How do we, and I guess, honestly, it doesn't really matter. Like the most important thing is that we have it and we have that separate memory, whether it is something spirit related happening or our own mind giving us comfort, but does it even matter if we interpret that as a spirit or, or what do you think when, like, do you, I don't know. I, I have a hard, I, cause obviously I want to remain respectful to both live and myself. Cause I like to believe that that really happened, but I know there are also yeah. people that listen to the podcast that have more of kind of a JJ sense of things and, and, you know, aren't exactly sure what this stuff is. So how do you interpret that? I guess is my best way to put it. Let me ask you both when you had this, because 100%, I believe it was a visitation, not a dream. They're very different. And, and you all could probably differentiate between the two more easily than you think. But when you have these visitations, because they absolutely do happen, I feel, at least in my experience, that when I'm dreaming and I'm connecting as a medium, or I'm connecting to someone who is really visiting me in that way, I am dreaming it as if I'm living it. So it's through my eyes. Otherwise, it's more like watching myself run around, which I feel is more of like an out-of-body type thing. But when you're dreaming through your own eyes and you're having this interaction, you're having a conversation. You're not having a dream. It's very different. It's very different. And those dreams where people come to you like that, it's such a beautiful thing to be cherished. A lot of people beg for that and, and it doesn't happen that way. And a, a lot of it is because you're not as open to receiving it because of the desperation around and blah, blah, blah. You could go a million rabbit holes on that, but ultimately, yeah, you guys were visited. And I think it's a really beautiful thing to have that. And I would tell you if I thought it were different, but I really 100% believe that's what's happening when people have those experiences. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great to hear. And I, I'd be curious to see what Liv has to say, but mine was experienced as if it was me. It wasn't a third person type dream. Cause I've had those two. I, I do remember a lot of my dreams, at least, you know, for like a short period of time, I have very vivid dreams. So I understand what you're saying. Liv, how was yours experience? Was it as if it was through your eyes? Yeah. Like, uh, as you like kind of said, it was, I was outside on my porch with him and like, for me, whenever I have dreams that I remember, I can't talk. Like, I don't know, like, I can't do, like, certain movements and stuff. So I was actually, like, having a conversation. I talked back to him, and he talked to me. So I, that is how it felt. It really did. Yeah. Yeah, dreams are, are an interesting medium. I, I probably have told the story on the podcast, but I'll keep it short. I had one dream where I experienced almost, like, a full life cycle, and I, I was probably in my early, mid-20s. And I had met like the quote unquote woman of my dreams. We had a family. I remember sitting on a couch, like people died and like all this crazy stuff. And I woke up and I was so confused for like long, long minutes because that life almost felt more real than the life I was in. And that dream has always stuck to me. It felt like, and I see that Liv has a Rick and Morty poster in the background. It felt like <laughs> if you're familiar with that show, the Roy virtual reality game where Morty oh takes it God, off, yes. you know, that's, that's what I kind of equated that to, but yeah, there's some trippy stuff in life and it's, it's nice to know a friendly medium to come on to help us uh, decipher through some of it. Well, Liv, I know we're getting close to our hour, just have like the one story really like about my dad so okay just get yeah let's that. do that great um so my dad like passed away like really unexpectedly when I was 16 and I that was really hard because I I actually watched him like take his last breath and like everything mm -hmm. like that and he was like really the one that like I was closest to because my mom and I aren't really close you know and I like I my brain can't like physically wrap around like mourning him so I like just don't you know I just kind of put it in a little box and like put it away so and I know it's like terrible like I need to you know do whatever I gotta do but I can't at the moment you know and I have like 
a hard time with it and my mom and sister have gone to like a medium or whatever and he never came through and I, I was like really upset about that but like my brother had come through you know and he like apparently was like everything was spot on and I had asked him because he gave me an eyeball bracelet one time and I asked him to say something about an eyeball and my mom came back and she was like there's something weird but like he said something about an eye or something like that and I was like yo that's cool but my dad never came through and I was I was really upset because I just wanted like I needed validation because I never got to really say goodbye and um then I was over at my sister's house and I was doing my niece's hair and she just randomly out of the blue she's like I need to tell you something and I was like oh my God, like, you know, where your like heart falls to your ass. And you're like, oh God, like, I'm really scared now. And she was like, so my friend Jess has, is like um, a medium type thing. And she's had it for a really long time. And she doesn't really know how to like work with it. But I asked her if she could just get a message from him. And so she like my sister, like out loud one day was like, Ed, because my dad was her stepdad. So she was like, Ed, just, you can go to her, talk to her and come through. And Jess did the same thing. She said, Ed, I give you permission to come through to me, blah, blah, blah. And it, it didn't apparently happen like right away. And she said like that she had woken up like in the middle of the night to a very dark presence. And she knew it was him because she could feel like that it was him. And she had only met him like twice, but she knew like it was him. And she said that he was extremely angry. And I, I was like, oh my God, like what for? And apparently there was like this whole thing where um, she had a vision of him in a shopping market and there was someone like behind them, like trying to mess with them. And he like followed them out in like an anger and beat him up. Like she had this vision of it. I was like, I don't really know what to put with that because I don't understand that, you know, like that, that's a different thing. I have no idea, but that's part of it or whatever. And then she said that she said that she saw me on a swing set and I was getting pushed by my dad and I had bags next to me like packed and said that I need to move because I've been thinking about moving because my boyfriend's mom is moving soon and I never said anything to my sister about it because it isn't like a serious set thing yet and I didn't say anything to her about it and she like was like are you moving and like do you want to move and I was like probably and she was like well <laughs> she said you need to move like as soon as you possibly can because he like as giving you the validation man you you have had uh, quite some stories to share with us so I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm necessarily qualified to break any of that down. Uh, that's a very, <laughs> that's a very personal story that you have shared. I guess if to add anything, it seems like overall, at least you've been able to receive some messages from loved ones that you've lost. And and that's probably a positive thing. Um, yeah. I mean, Catherine, how do you feel about that when it seems like she's getting some messages kind of indirectly. Like how does somebody know what to interpret as truth when somebody else is telling them information like that? Okay. First off, your dad got along with you a lot more than your mom and your sister. Yes. Yeah. He had to come to you first. He wasn't going to speak to anyone until he spoke to you. Hands down. No question about it. No question in my mind. Also a very stubborn person. Yes. Is there, does the smell of beer sound right with him? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Was it cans? Crying. Did he like, did he like crush the cans when he was done with them? Like squeeze them or something? Like when Sometimes, he was. Sometimes like when he yeah, was like really drunk, like, he would do that. Yeah. Like not like, kind of like squashing no, like, it Hulk style, yeah. but like just like crumpling it up because you need something to do with your hands kind of thing. Cause I'm hearing the can like crush. So the thing is with mediumship that you train yourself to do, or you train with someone. I worked with a mentor. I recommend everyone work with a mentor, at least buy some good books, listen to some good podcasts about developing your gift, learning to have something evidential to back that up. Like what I'm getting with him, was he stocky? 
as well? Um, when or did he, he would, keep like, his shoulders like huffed up a little bit? I feel like we always had a thing because I'm just, I look just like him. Um, we have very broad shoulders, so that's always okay. been our thing. Okay, that's what the shoulders is then, because I keep seeing him like puffing him up in my mind. But when I say seeing him, just for clarification, for the sake of the show, I don't get like a full body image of him. I'm seeing like more like kind of his torso and his shoulders like puffing up, like to say that to me. So that this kind of thing would be like where you can say, obviously there's something to this because I'm smelling beer. I'm, I'm hearing the can crushing. I'm seeing his broad shoulders. That's more evidential type stuff that she can say, yeah, this resonates with me. Um, and someone's saying like, oh, I feel like your dad had a kind heart. Like, that's really great. Well, okay, maybe he did, but you got to be able to, you got to start digging for more. That's and like that's crazy. That's what you're just like, you learn as you go. And I'm still learning. And everyone who's been doing this, whether it's 35 years or five years is still learning. But I would say more than anything, look for some evidence, but you don't necessarily have to say, oh yeah, well, what was their iPhone password? Because that shit's not going to happen. So good luck. But um, your dad had to come to you first hands down. And I don't know that he'll ever open up to anyone else. And the reason that he would have waited to go to someone else, I think that she didn't necessarily feel darkness around it. I think she had the anger he had was that, and, and I'll get into this with you. Like, if you want to message me privately, I would love to go more into it because it, it does feel very fantastic. private. Yeah. It feels like there would have been a lot of reservation around communicating with anyone else in the family, except for you. So I, I think it makes perfect sense as to why he wouldn't come through, but generally spirit doesn't have to talk to you if they don't want to <laughs> people think like yeah. just because you have their name you're gonna have a conversation they don't want to I've had some pretty pissy grandmothers on the other side who haven't wanted to talk to their grandkids because they were <laughs> selfish little assholes so you never know <laughs> what you're gonna get so absolutely the thing that I find interesting sometimes is the specific episodes that guest hosts end up guest hosting with me because I feel like this episode was tailor-made to have you as the guest host. And it wasn't like I went and plucked this email out and said, oh, Catherine will be great for this and put you, we were going to interview somebody else on, I think, what was it, Wednesday maybe? Mm -hmm. And they had, yeah. they uh, fell out and weren't able to do it. So, I mean, wow, both of you, thank you both for being here because just as um, somebody who's the host of the podcast, but more than that, a fan of this kind of content and to be able just to sit and observe uh, everything that's happened on this episode. I think this is one of the more special episodes we've had. And it also reminds me of an old school Real Hauntings episode, which Liv, you listened to our stuff. So you may uh, be able to relate to that. But um, yeah, thank you both so much for coming on here. This has been pretty amazing. Catherine, I want to make sure everyone that listens to our podcast, if they want to reach out to you um, and be able to take full advantage of your mediumship and self-worth and empowerment coaching. How can they do that? They can go to katherineannintuitive.com or find me on Instagram, katherine.ann.intuitive. Awesome. And fans, if you're a fan of this podcast, odds are you probably also enjoy true crime as I do. Um, that's one of the things that got me into podcasting was listening to a couple true crime podcasts. And I just fell in love with the medium, huh? No pun intended. It just happens that Catherine has a true crime podcast that blends both murder and mediumship. So can you tell us about that, Catherine? Yeah, murder and mediumship. Oh my gosh, this is my little love child. I love doing this podcast. Like you said, true crime got me into it. And then I realized what a cool little difference. I, I Something different that I can offer to the true crime community is using mediumship. So we like to go in, break down a story, and then fill into the parts that are kind of unknown to other people. Tend to do older cases just because it wouldn't be appropriate for newer ones. But here and there, we actually have done a couple of recent ones lately. So we like to go in, dissect the story as any true crime podcast would, and then feel into it a little bit more. And we've really been focusing on underreported cases from BIPOC community, from lower um, income communities where they don't get the news coverage from anywhere where it's not being broadcast all over CNN. We are all over those lately. So check it out. Awesome. Yeah, fans, make sure you check that out. If you're a fan of our podcast and a fan of Catherine, at a minimum, just go and hit five stars on her podcast and hit subscribe. We can all do that for, I think, uh, without any issue. So Liv, thank you again for coming on, sharing those stories. Those were some real heartfelt stories. And, you know, you have had some tragedy in your life. So it's 
really brave to use, you know, any podcast as a sounding board for those things. Even if people are so-so on the paranormal world, I think there's a lot of people that can listen to those stories and relate to the trauma and things that you have been through and, um, you know, just get some comfort from hearing your stories and what you've been through as well. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And of course, before we get you out of here, we would love for you to do the outro with us if you're up for it. Absolutely. Well, with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Catherine. And I'm Liv. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.